What's cracking, everybody? Money Smart Guy, Matt Zipala here. Helian's here from Dallas, Texas, and welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Goals Podcast. And joining me in the studio today is my man, Milton Alvarez, on, and baby. we have a special guest today. Uh, Jarrah Hutchins is a Billy Badass. Let me tell a little bit about her. So Jarrah Hutchins here came to uh, my life, um, I would say three, four years ago, because at PHP Agency, I was there doing a site visit, and I heard this young lady up on the second floor just talking about safety, gun safety, and caught the attention of our CEO, caught the attention of so many people of how she led a class, and all we heard was, well, listen, we have ears for leaders, and Jared's a leader. She's a sports junkie. She's a firearms instructor. She's a cigar aficionado. She's a corporal in a Texas state guard, bourbon connoisseur. I got to get over this one. Packer fan. Unfortunately, right? Packer fan, unfortunately. Hunter, restaurant tour. And she gave us gifts. We got some cigars I'm in excited, the studio man. from her spot. So we're going to talk Thank to you, her. <laughs> so, Jared, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm here for it. How are y'all today? We're, we're, we're fired up and excited Fantastic. to have you here. Um, so uh, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're a chick that loves guns. I am. And listen, I don't appreciate the previous comments about my football team. <laughs> So we'll get to that later. <laughs> the bears. We'll get to that later. We've been beating the brakes off y'all for a decade now. And so. Aaron Rodgers had to re- leave. Yeah. Uh, is he officially gone, by the way? Did he get traded to the it's Jets? Coming. Yeah, it's it's coming. coming. It's coming. It's going to the Jets from what I hear, right? He wants to go play for the Jets. Yeah, he wants to go play for the Jets. Yeah, from what I understand. Yeah, and he'll probably make him a Super Bowl team, whatever. Yes, just, yeah. Yep. It's fine. It's, it's, the irony is far went from the Packers to the Jets when, when he was leaving the Packers. Yeah. And now Aaron Rodgers is kind of following that same mm. pathway. Jets love Packer quarterbacks, but um, for sure. So talk to us about your your love for guns and, and safety for, for women. I was super fortunate to grow up in a, a Second Amendment family. My grandfather was an immigrant from Sicily, fell in love with America, fell in love with the Second Amendment, fell in love with freedom, yep. and raised us that way. You know, he had guns in the house, and uh, he was basically like, you don't have to pursue this. You don't have to love this like I do, but if you're going to be in my house, you're going to know how to use these things and you're going to understand the safety around them. You're going to have respect for the gun. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, once you get over the first sort of obstacle of learning, I mean, it's a scary thing to shoot a gun. It's, it really is. And and I think, and I think that, that, you know, I think that the two genders and there are only two, Mm -hmm. Correct. I, we agree. You know, we they male and they look female. at it a little bit differently, and I think a lot of times guys get into guns uh, because they love it, because it's fun, because it's something that you know dudes should do. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times women get into it out of necessity. Mm. And I was fortunate enough to just be in a family where that was just a normal thing. Like if you go to Jera's Instagram page, which is clearing the chamber, you post some things about you know women just going to the cars. Next thing you know, they're getting assaulted, but because they had a gun in their, in their purse, they're able to defend themselves, and, uh, and the, the, uh, the, the, the person is trying to rob them or kidnap them, or whatever the case may be, is, is running away because she knew how to handle a gun. Yeah, I mean, we're soft targets. I think a lot of times people are expecting us, you know, and I tell women this all the time, people are expecting you to be unaware, unprepared, and unarmed. Mm-hmm. If you are all three of those things, you're probably not going to have an issue. You know, if you're not, if you're, if your face is stuck in your phone while you're walking through the dark parking garage, of course, someone's going to take notice of that. That's a, the silliest thing to do. Anybody that loves you can wait. 
anybody that loves you can wait to hear from you. You get, you need to get to your car safely. You need to get out of there. You know, the preparedness factor is, you know, you don't have to go to every single game that your kid plays. You don't have to go have brunch with your friends every Sunday. You don't have to go out for drinks after work every day. You need to take part of that time and you need to carve it out to work on your safety because there's a lot of things that you don't know. And a gun education is so much more than buying the gun and taking a one hour intro class or a four hour license to carry class. It's you have to understand that that is your your weapon. What What do the Marines say about their guns? Uh, uh, only point in weapon which you wanted to show you. <laughs> <laughs> right, but like there's this, this is my, my rifle. Wife, this is my there are many like it, but this, this one, is, one mine. is mine. You have to say you have to have that mindset right, right. around your gun. Right. So I think a lot of women especially get very overwhelmed about, oh well, I have to know about all these guns. No, you have to know about your gun. Mm-hmm. You have to find your gun, the one that you want, okay, and yeah. then you expand the knowledge from there. Okay. Gotcha. But you have to know about your gun, and that's part of the preparedness factor. Yeah. And then the armed factor is you don't need to just sit it on the side of your, you know, your bedside table or leave it in your car it has to be on you if it's not on you you don't have it okay and and i don't know in what reality you think that some active shooter is going to come into the grocery store and you're going to just run to your car and go get your gun and everything's going to be okay it's not on you so proximity matters you know and so this this preparedness is so much more than just one class do do you think america is a safer country today now than it was let's say five years ago or worse no I don't think so. I think you could even take it back further than that. America was a safe country when kids grew up with this education. This was an education, firearms, safety, self-defense. This was an education that we got from our parents and our grandparents. It was a generational education. And now we vilified it so much that nobody wants to teach. There was actually a woman, um, she was a a representative in New Mexico and she put a bill out last legislature and I know this because I have another friend that sits on the legislature too there. And she she wanted to criminalize parents for teaching their kids how to shoot guns. Unreal. She, if you teach your kid how to shoot a gun before they're 18 years old, you're going to jail. Wow. That's what the bill said. Wow. Insanity. Yeah, yeah. And the, Absolute insanity. Well, the gun is the great equalizer, isn't it? So it, it, compared to uh, your stature, uh, your your or what your 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 lean your lean woman, I'm right? not kicking your ass. Yeah, but, right, but she's a lean woman, <laughs> right? And and uh, she's not as heavy. Uh, she runs across and a guy is six six one, six two, six three. Yeah. I'm not gonna win, right? Yeah. But the equalizer to that would be you're strapped. Mm-hmm. The equalizer have to back off, keep your distance, right? The, the, e- the equalizer is the steps in which I deploy my self-defense. Yeah. The equalizer is me being aware of your menacing presence, <laughs> yes. me telling you yeah. to get away from me, <laughs> right. you not heeding my warning, and yeah. me same-day shipping you to Jesus. <laughs> that's I'll the great equalizer. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's, it, it's, all, it's, it's, about, it's, it's an educational piece yeah. that nobody wants to talk about. And they all want to say... We've got to ban guns. We've got to ban these weapons. We can't have military-style weapons in the hands of civilians. And that is not the answer. The answer is education. And we need to start bringing this back to the younger generation and teaching them that this is important, especially our daughters. I'm not saying guys don't matter. I'm just saying that you're not the target that we are. And when we we take our daughters and we literally send them out into the world to go to college or whatever, Mm -hmm. and they're not under the wing of our protection anymore, dude, we are failing our daughters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Failing them spectacularly by not working this into their teenage education. Well, my twin girls are 20, going to be 22 at the end of this month. And when they come and visit their father, uh, I'm going to have to schedule an appointment with you, Jared. Make sure you take I'm them to the range. It. And uh, 
and then bless them with whatever weaponry <laughs> you would like to present there them. There it is. Blessed. Uh, let's let's talk about that real quick. That's that's going on in the news today. Um, in light, of what's going on in the, the the sad reality of where we're at? I think the stat was there's a mass shooting literally every day now in America, and only very few of them ever make it to the news. So so here's here's a uh, um, uh, I don't know if Jordan, can I share my screen here? Oh, got you. The VMix. Okay, got it. So I'll um, as I as I'm gonna tie in my computer with. Let's let's take a look at here and some of these videos of your right to not have. And by the way, why why is this important? Listen, if, if you if why is this important to the Millionaire Goals podcast? Here's why it's important. It's all about freedom. Uh, this is the Second Amendment. It's interesting how the First Amendment says freedom of speech. Say what's on your mind. Let's debate. Let's have open discourse. Let's have a conversation. And the second thing they wrote was, but you better make sure you have a gun. You better get a gun. Because <laughs> you don't have a number one without a number yeah. two. You don't. If you're going to be, if you want to be able to say what you want, if you want to be able to put your opinions and thoughts out there, you're, you have got to be able to defend that from people who are going to hate you for it. Yep. I, I remember during the, the protest during, uh, during COVID, and they were uh, in Atlanta, I was in Atlanta, they, were stor they stormed a private community, and this attorney is in front of his house with his, with his, with his AR. He goes, you want, you want to F around? Come find out, right? Yeah. You remember that? Do you want to unpack that for a second? <laughs> okay, let's because do it. Because there's a lot of detail on that that a lot of people don't know. So first of all, that guy had no training. His wife had no training. Her pistol, she had a little pistol in her hand that was actually used as evidence in another trial that didn't even have a firing pin in it. Oh my gosh. They were the biggest idiots on the face of the planet for doing what they did. They should have, they, what they should have done is stayed in their house and barricaded themselves in the house and waited for those people to pass right on by. But going out there and doing what they did only put them in more danger. And then you have to think about capacities. There were 300 people walking by that house, whether they had weapons or not, didn't matter because what they did is they put themselves in a bad scene of tombstone yeah. and said, hey, you know, like you might get me in a rush, yeah. but I'm going to kill this guy, but they're going to get rushed. Yeah. They had two people and they may have had, because I, I don't even think her gun was loaded. And even if it was loaded, she couldn't shoot it because it didn't mm -hmm. have a firing pin. Mm -hmm. So then, and he had this AR max 30 rounds because you couldn't tell that he had any extra magazines. Mm -hmm. So you have 30 rounds for 300 people. Like let, if you really, so this is what, this is what really pisses they're me off about journalism. Anyway. Yeah, and yeah. when they break this stuff down, because the people who are covering these stories don't know any of this crap yeah. because they're not educated. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, let's show my screen real quick. Let's let's show this couple in front of the house. It was a BLM protest. They they stormed it, and this is this is them standing in front of the house. Let's let's unpack this picture real quick. Okay, let's look at the woman. Mm -hmm. No trigger discipline look, whatsoever. Look at her. her fingers on the trigger. Done right, and looks like it's pointed at the back of his head. <laughs> well, but but also like, how far is she going to get with the one-handed grip? Yeah, right, right. You know what I'm I, saying? Not, like yeah, no right. recoil management there. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right. So it's just I re and I remember I remember talking about this, you know, right when it first happened and a lot of people got mad at me because they were like they're but they're exercising their second amendment rights. Yeah, but they're not doing it in the best way possible. Yeah. Yep. They're making us look like fools. Yeah. That's why the education is so important. That's why you have to take, you have to put away a certain number of hours every week or month in order to look at these things and break down this, this particular situation and, and go through the cycle of education and go, what did they do right? What did they do wrong? What would I do better in the future? What can I learn from this? And this was a massive massive situation and then you had to get into all the then you had to get in all the property laws yeah right right-of-way laws it, it, um was it private property was it not private property all yeah. this you know it, it was a whole complicated situation and, and he's he's uh from what i'm saying he's an attorney also he's a civil rights 
defense attorney. He was, he was representing the same people that were protesting. Goodness gracious. Uh, let's, uh, Jordan, let's take a look at uh, the first video we want your reaction to, Jira, um, which is the, uh, which, which video is it, Jordan? The, um, bring up the, uh, you're, you're, you have no right to have a gun. Let's take a look at this. Oh, can't wait. Yeah, you have no right to have a gun. David Hogg, who famously got into Harvard because he was present at Parkland when the mass shooting occurred. He uh, was rejected from Harvard, and then he reapplied based on the mass shooting and the fact that, that he was a prominent activist, and, and then he got in. And uh, he tweeted out, you have no right to a gun. You are not a militia. When you're talking about your Second Amendment rights, you're talking about a state's right to have what is today the National Guard. The modern interpretation of the Second Amendment is a ridiculous fraud pushed for decades by the gun lobby. Well, I'm, first of all, amused to see that David Hogg has become not only a pillow magnate, but also a constitutional scholar in his time at Harvard. This is a lie. That's a lie. You do, in fact, have a right to a gun. And the militia is not, in fact, the nationally run National Guard. Militias at the time of the founding were, in fact, rather informal gatherings of people within the states, all of whom owned guns in their homes. So he's just wrong on the facts about all okay. of this. But my favorite so, thing about so, David Hogg. So for those of you that know, know us, you're watching the Millionaire Goals podcast for the very first time. Uh, Milton here uh, was a former police officer. I, was, I served in the United States Marine Corps for eight years. Jerry here, you're currently in the state, uh, Texas State um, State Guard. Yes. Okay? So you have, you're, you're looking at a panel here of people who are entrepreneurs, people that love God, people that love our freedoms, and in this case, one of the freedoms is being taken away from our Second, our second Amendment uh, rights. Your reaction to uh, Ben Shapiro and, and uh, you know, that, that clip? I love how this kid thinks he's going to start a revolution against the Second Amendment when he can't probably start a lawnmower. <laughs> okay, so that's that's the issue here. And and I follow him and I look at a lot of his stuff. He's so ignorant. My friend, I have a good friend who mm -hmm. had two daughters that went to that same school during that same shooting. And do you know what he did? After Sandy Hook, he went to the school. He took his kids to the school and said, "If this goes down here, Mm -hmm. This is what you do. And you know what he taught me? He taught them about escape. He taught them about concealment versus cover. He taught them, because since they can't take weapons to school, he said, this is the best education I can give you. And he, Defense. And he, yeah. I mean, he beat it into them. Yeah. Quizzed them about it over dinner. Yeah. All this stuff. And then the community turned against him because all the parents are like, you're scaring our kids. You're scaring our kids. Guess whose kids survived that shooting? His kids. kids. Guess whose kids got other kids out? His kids. Wow. Okay? So... You tell me, do you want to be like my friend's kids or do you want to be like David Hogg? Do you see what I'm saying? So, yes, you do have a right to a gun. But you know what? There are people in, in this country and in this world that are going to get guns that shouldn't have them. Welcome to life. It is life. Being alive is inherently risky. And I'm not going to give up my freedom to be able to defend myself against people who shouldn't have guns. Right. I'm not going to impede people who should have guns yep. in order to for the, the small portion of people yep. who are going to use them unwisely. Yep. But it all comes back to the education. You can literally round robin this thing all day long. You can beat around the bush all day long. You can argue all day long. And it's all going to come back to the fact that the people that don't want you to have guns are always going to impede your education. Yep. And they're never going to say you should be educated. So when I, when I testified at the gun rights hearings at Brookhaven College in 2018, I testified before our House representatives, and I told them, and I'll send you my testimony. You can watch sure, it later on. Yeah. It's like three minutes long. And I told them, I was like, I've gone back through every single one of your social medias for the last two years. That's a legislative cycle. 
And not one time have any of you, even those of you who have run on a Second Amendment platform, none of you have ever gone public and said to the citizens of your district, go get a gun education, go support your local gun range, go find a trainer and learn how to use a gun and get a ballistics education and learn how to use a holster and learn how to draw from that holster. Like go take a doorways and corners class. None of you have done it because it's too politically controversial and you're and you're wusses. (laughs) <laughs> You're freaking wusses because you won't come out and say it. Yeah. And then you won't. If I was to run for office, you wouldn't elect me because I would say it. Bam. And that takes all your power away and yeah. puts the power back with the people, and that's not what you want. What's, what's your thoughts on this, Milton? I mean, uh, you're, you're a former cop. Um, you're, 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 you're a guy that's strapped. You, know, you, you love your weapons. I love my weapons. My, my wife loves her weapons. What's your thoughts? I can't top that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't top that. No, but... Uh, I, I definitely think a, a lot. A lot of these people, I, I feel that there's there's a massive agenda. And I think going back to one of these uh, articles that we were reading, um, there, there is a mass amount of people who are heavily purchasing their weapons. I think a lot of them are also, if you can maybe you know also speak on this, a lot of people are probably scared at, of their potential Second Amendment being affected by the, these massive movements that are starting to happen nowadays, where people are trying to remove that amendment or trying to negate what you know what uh, weaponry weaponry mm-hmm. is yeah, inside of each household. I do believe that you know having proper training, having the proper here's a, here's the thing also, um, as you said, better education, better training is definitely something that people should have. And unfortunately, as you said too, welcome to life. We, we don't have full control on who gets their hands on weapons. There is a black market. There is things going on out there that we the bad just guys always get the guns. We, we can't control yeah, that. We, we can't yeah, control how's that, that drug war going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. We can't control that. Yeah, you know. So even if we do go to the extent of going into deeper background checks and you know getting you know the records of their psych valves and you know ha- having higher security in schools, there's always going to be a risk to everything that we do in life. And I think why not take advantage of what we have in our amendments that we have now and be able to put ourselves and our ch- future children or children in a position to be able to protect themselves at all costs. If you think that we are not dangerously close yeah. to losing the Second Amendment in this country, you're crazy. And we, we saw it play out in Venezuela. Venezuela used to have a, a, a populace of gun owners. Mm-hmm. They banned guns. Mm-hmm. And then you saw a few years ago, they became, the and they used to be an economic power. Maybe not the economic power. Massive amounts of they, natural resources in Venezuela. Tons. Massive. Okay. They banned guns. Venezuela became poverty stricken. Mm -hmm. And then when people tried to provide humanitarian aid, Venezuela's own government fired upon its citizens for accepting humanitarian Mm -hmm. aid. Is that what you want? Because I'm telling you right now, as a parent, I don't know if you're a parent, but I know you're a parent. Parents are dangerously close to legislating themselves out of being able to protect their kids because only force stops force. That's right. And, and you're gonna, and they're gonna mess around, and they're gonna legislate away their rights to actually physically protect their children, and then they're gonna have to co-parent with the government. Yeah. And what, and then what happened during COVID? What became very, very, very valuable during COVID? Bullets, baby. <laughs> exactly. Bullets, baby. Nobody was talking about Second Amendment then. Because no. everybody, right, I mean, right gold here. and silver yeah. took a hike. It was bullets. <laughs> bullets, and I can't tell you how many people were hitting me up. Hey, can I buy some ammo off you? Absolutely, the hell not. Yeah. <laughs> I've been telling you to buy bullets in bulk. These some of these people have been students of mine for five, seven, ten years. Yeah. I told you to start buying it in bulk. You didn't listen to me. It's yeah. like it's like not listening to your financial advisor yeah. about your money. Yeah, and the market's crashing. Yeah, like why would you? Why would yeah. you not do the things that I'm telling you to do? <laughs> if you took a loss, you took a loss. You didn't take action. Um, and, you know, I, I ran. They take away guns from their citizens. 
And there, and you saw what happened when that young lady got killed in prison because she don't, she was wearing her uh, hijab the right way, and how the women felt oppressed in Iran, and nobody can have a gun. They're throwing rocks, they're throwing everything else, and the morality police is rounding people up. And here's the sad part: this is, this is another topic on the podcast, but people there protesting now are in jail, and now they're looking to execute the people that are protesting that government. You look at what happened to uh, Germany. What did it, what did uh, Adolf Hitler do to that country? They mm-hmm. took away the guns. And then they took away everybody and then the else's rights. You know, you're in a concentration camp. Mm. World but War Two. You hit the nail yeah. on the head. So, you hit the nail on the absolute head when when we talk about there. Don't think that they they won't take it away. Don't think that they won't come after it, and don't think that they won't imprison you for it. And so the to Dave to David Hogg, it's not about your right to have a gun or for your self defense or whether or not it's an AR. It's about a tyrannical government. That's right. And and what's the biggest quote about history is, hey, if you're not paying attention, it's going to repeat itself, right. and you're going to suffer for it. That's right. And we have uh, we have half a population of America that isn't paying attention. You don't want a big government. And sadly, right now, the current state, the biggest employer in America is the, government. the federal government. That's correct. Uh, let's take a look at this next video. Why is it important to have your Second Amendment? Let's take a look at this clip. Does something like the Second Amendment here in the U.S. make sense? You're from the U.K. Does it seem as crazy to you it now? Never, it never seemed crazy to me. I've, I've been a 2A supporter since I was a teenager. And I think the 2A is more important than most Americans even realize because I don't think it's just important for America and Americans. I think it's important for the globe. I think the USA's Second Amendment is a check against global tyranny, oh, not just America, not just tyranny within this country, but globally. And I don't think most Americans recognize that it's actually that it's that deep. And I also think it's funny. Just look at the past century in Europe. The idea that Europeans can't understand how a government could potentially become tyrannical. That's crazy. <laughs> you, you think if there's the somewhere government. in the world where they would You've understand that it would be in Europe. I don't think it's by accident that the USA has never had a, a dictator come to power any, or anything even even close to it. Uh, we're getting close to it. We're getting close. We're getting close to it. Yeah. You know, I think that one of the biggest reasons why America has been a superpower for as long as it has been is because of the freedoms and the and the arming of its citizens. Yeah. Um, you know, even the you know, I mean, after World War II, we have a volunteer um, after, military. Yes, and we, yes, and we're volunteer yeah. military. And after Pearl Harbor, do you remember what the Japanese said? Behind every blade of grass in America, there's a gun. That's why they didn't, that's why they chose Pearl Harbor and they didn't take it even further inland. Yeah. Yeah. Is because they knew that they wouldn't just have to deal with our military, they would have to deal with us. Mm -hmm. The citizens. Everybody. Right? We go to another country, we don't have to deal with that. Right? That's why, that's why people don't mess with us on our own turf, but they're starting to. Yeah. Because like how many, I think that it's like 50% of the, of the upcoming population of the upcoming generation isn't even fit for military service. Yeah, I mean, this generation right now doesn't even have gym class in school. I went to, I went to my kids' class. What, 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 uh, what period is your gym class? He goes, it's only on Thursdays. What are you talking about? It's only on Thursdays. Yeah, we had to go every day. Yeah. He's smelling after gym <laughs> class halfway through the day because of gym class. I remember uh, Mr. Novak teaching the boys in seventh grade, okay, th- this locker room smells. You guys smell. This is how you wash your body. <laughs> hey, I'll have to, uh, uh, shout out to Mr. Novak. That, that guy changed my life. Uh, let's take a look at this next clip because you know, our body, as much as we disagree with him, he says he's also a Second Amendment guy. Our president, here, here we go on this clip. I'm a Second Amendment guy. I have two shotguns. I don't think it means what you think it means. 
<laughs> that guy is so lame. Oh, my God. He's so lame. Didn't he say, like, if somebody was trying to break in his house, he would just, like, told his wife to, like, just shoot two shots, just yeah. shoot twice from the shotgun yeah. from the porch or something like yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I was just telling this to my girls how disappointed I was after the Nashville shooting, how they asked Biden to come down and, and, and uh, share some words in a very somber moment. In, in our country where three Christian kids and three adults teachers were shot in the school. And he comes down with a happy-go-lucky attitude talking about, I heard there's some ice cream down here. They told me to come down because there's ice cream. You like chocolate chip? Hey, buddy reporter, the best reporter in the country, man. Give, make some noise for this guy. It's a somber moment. And you're talking about I'm down here from ice cream? And then, and then the hearts, and then the hearts uh, and, and souls and thoughts and prayers are with the trans community. Listen, I... Listen, to the trans community, do what you want to do. Knock yourself out. But at that moment, it wasn't about the trans community. It was about three Christian kids mm -hmm. and three teachers that got killed in, in that school. It wasn't to defend. They, they, instead of defending the Christian community, they're defending who? The trans community. So it's, it's, I was and, very and disappointed only, in our leadership. I was too. And the only shining light in that situation at all was the incredible response. Michael Calazzo. Nice States Marine cop. The, absolutely. And, you know, I said, and I, I posted on my page, I'm like, the, the Uvalde PD needs to take notes on this. I mean, yep. that was a that was as perfect of a tactical response as I've probably ever witnessed on a body cam. And not waiting 30 minutes for orders. They just went right into the damn school. You just go. Strap up. You just you just go. That's that's what we're that's what grownups are supposed to, to do. do. That's right. There that's is a, nothing more precious than children. Hello. And so you, you know, body be damned, injury be damned, death be damned. Look, could you, could you imagine a better way to die? For real. Because at some point in your, defending, in, at some point, at some point in right. your adult life, you have to figure out what you're willing to die for. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I couldn't imagine a better way to die than in defense of children. I just couldn't. You die for a cause, you lay down as a coward. So no, no qualms, no hesitation, go in. Yep. Yep. Done. Clearing the, and you saw the body cams. You're clearing the rooms, boom, 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 strategic, communicating, yeah. executing. But then you ask me, what, why do I need to take that doorways and corners class? Hello? What if you're a parent yeah. that it, happens to be there? Yeah. What if, the, what if the response is 10 minutes away, which yep. could happen? What if that school doesn't have an SRO, mm -hmm. which could happen? Yep. What if you're the parent in the pickup line? Yep. yep. Well, you grab that gun and go. That's right. Yep. And you're not and running back to your you, car. But, it's on and you, you took that doorways yeah. and quarters class. So you know what? You have a better chance of not getting your face shot off. Yep. Go it. in. Go That's get your it. kids. Go get everybody else's kids. That's what we do as grownups. We're supposed to protect kids. We're supposed to not hesitate and go in. And so this, this was the, a great response to a terrible situation. And then the president just bungled it. Bungled it. And the, and the press secretary bungled it. Getting called out, uh, just so disappointed. And the rest of the world, <laughs> that's why we got you. That's yeah. why we can talk about de-dollarization. That's why we can trade other currencies versus American dollar. That's why we can conspire to conspire. And then they know they that they're and they know that they're influencing young people like David Hogg and and these kids that are walking out in protest of firearms. Um, you know, they know that they're influencing them, and yeah. those are the people that are going to chip away at the Second Amendment. So we may not see it in our lifetime. But I'm telling you, it's in danger. Yeah. It's an incredible danger. So let me ask you a question. And this is for, you know, for the women, men, men, men too, but mainly women out there who are watching you, who are listening to you, saying, yes, I agree, I'm on board. Nervous, but not knowing what the next step is. You know, who, who do they go to uh, for self-defense? You know, who, where, 
what what's your suggestion in that? What's the next step for these? Before people? before I answer that question, I want to put I want to put one more thing out. Yeah. I don't think that women understand how important it is for them to become voices mm. on this subject, intelligent voices on this subject, because you can only say it's my right for so long, okay? You have to produce evidence, you have to produce reasons, valid reasons and compelling reasons why this is important. And I think that women don't really understand that physical protection of children lies more on us than it does on you. Do mothers not spend more time oh, with sure. kids? Yeah. Even yeah, yeah. whether it's a nuclear household, whether it's a single parent household, statistically, women are physically with their children more than the fathers. What a great point. So is it not incumbent upon us to make sure that we have the best chance of winning? Because are we not also the softer targets? We can be feminists all day and we can burn our bras all day long. But is it not incumbent upon us to realize that we are the primary caretakers of children? We are the weaker sex physically. And yet, this is the culmination here. Mm -hmm. So we have to take this seriously and we have to become good partners in our marriages and, and in our relationships and in our co-parenting relationships, even with exes. Because we have to protect these kids physically. Mm -hmm. you see, there is videos all over YouTube yep. of, of kids getting snatched up from their mamas. Yep. Mm -hmm. It happened in Fort Worth For in sure. 2018 wow. in my neighborhood where I lived. In the broad daylight, this guy rolled up and snatched a kid that was holding her mom's hand walking down the yeah. street. Yeah. Okay? So that's where we need to go to first. Okay? Then we have to say, okay, I, now Jara has convinced me that I need to go and get this education. What does it take? How do I do it? Where do I go? Okay? So and it's not just about women teaching women. I get a lot of women that come to me that say, I just want a woman to teach me. Let me tell you something, honey. You're not going to get any real world experience if you only learn this from women. Mm. Gotcha. Okay? It's not going to be real. Gotcha. Because I'm not, your, I'm not your predator. That's right. Right. Okay? Yeah. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be a dude that's coming after you. So you need to train with dudes. Yeah. Okay? I can help you out, and I can start you out, and I can take you pretty far. But you need to, I will help you vet yeah. further instructors that, that I've worked with that are really good that can help you. Yeah. But you have to understand that this is a physical action. Yeah. Okay? So it's going to be a painful thing to learn. You're going to get knocked around. You're going to get pushed around. You're going to have to draw that weapon and fire, and you're going to miss the first few times, it's going to be frustrating. And then you're going to go, can I really do this? And I have a really great class called the what if scenarios. And I put women and we use air pistols, airsoft okay. pistols. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And I put you literally in scenarios where you don't even have to ask any questions. This is a you fixing a die situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's me or you yeah. make a choice or it's me. Or it's you or my kid mm -hmm. make a choice. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I put you in some scenarios where you might have to ask some questions because a lot of people don't realize that a true gun self-defense education is also a legal education. Right. So you have to right. go on the other side of it and you have to say, what am I going to face in a courtroom yep. if I yep. pull this trigger? Your, your, your yep. rules of engagement based on the legal aspects of it. 100%. So I would say, you know, come to me, let me help you. Um, if I'm not in your state, if I'm not close to you, you need to go to your local gun range and you need to find somebody that's not going to mansplain this to you. Mansplain it. Okay. Yeah. But somebody that's literally going to sit down with you, carve out some time yeah. with them, make an appointment and go, hey, I got about an hour's worth of questions for you. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be able to answer all your questions if I don't live in your state because I'm not, going to, go, I'm not yeah. going to know those legalities. But that's what you have to do, and that's how you get started, is you go to the gun range, you find a good trainer, and then you go and get a legal education. And, and you know, companies like USCCA, they're national. They, they're all over the country, and they can answer a ton of those legal questions for you. So that's how you get started on the education. Love it, love it. Love that. 
Um, before we transition off this topic, and I'm going to talk about a little bit about money and money and marriage and money and singleness. Uh, what's 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 a few things that women do? So get the get the education if they want to in 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 light of this conversation, if they want to raise their level of awareness into application. So number one, get a, get a gun safety class. Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? What would, what would be the next couple of things you would? Yeah. So start out with intro to handgun. Um, okay. You know. Then go and shop for the gun that you want, okay? Don't let your daddy and your brother and your grandpa tell you you got to go get a 38 special, okay? (laughs) You go get the gun that you want, that that feels comfortable to you, you know, and there's things to consider. Capacities, do you want a safety? What clothes do you wear on a normal basis? Because this all has to do with concealment. So you need to ask a lot of these questions. Um, Does the magazine drop? well from the gun because if you have to do a dynamic critical reload this is important right okay um so a lot of people you know they'll just get oh well my daddy gave me this gun well it might not be the best for you you. we can talk about that um and then you get it if you if your uh state requires you to get a license to carry do that because you get a legal education with that a lot of the time that's how we ran across you that's how you yes that's how you (laughs) ran across me and then um and then you need to take it to the next level and this is where women fall short is they'll do the LTC and they'll take the hour long intro to handgun and you think that's a skill that's going to stay with you forever but it's incredibly perishable and so you have to you have to look at holsters you have to carry on your body ditch this purse carry not one woman who has ever gone through my what if scenarios class has ever won drawing from a purse wow it takes too long so many women are, are carrying, look, you could literally go into the entrance of Narnia through some of your purses. I've seen that. <laughs> it, it's deep. I've seen it's that. There's a lot of stuff you, in there. You meet new people in some women's purpose. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a whole new community in there. Yeah. Okay. And you can't, that is not the safest way to carry. Yeah. Okay. I've only, I've only purse carried a couple of times and I get it. Sometimes your wardrobe may force you to do that, yeah. but that's a whole new level of awareness that you have to attach yeah. versus when you body carry. Yeah. Okay. So you got to learn to body carry. You got to do that draw from holster yeah. and you got, and then that's that maintenance program gotcha. is you keep doing that draw from holster. You keep doing scenario based training because scenario based training is how you develop muscle memory. Scenario based training is how you train yourself out of the freeze. Cause yeah. you're always going to freeze, flee or fight. Those you want things. you want to flee responses. or you want to fight. Yeah. You never yeah. want to freeze, exactly. and that's how scenario based training is how you it's, you train yourself out of the freeze. Freeze is a uh, corporal upum in the uh, safe and private riot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> one thing, by the way, one thing you got to know about Jira, she didn't she didn't come here to the podcast with a purse. She came here with a freaking full on pack. Yeah. <laughs> It's my life in that backpack. <laughs> I, don't, I don't own a single purse. I do not so own a purse. It's not a good idea to give her like a coach purse or a Gucci purse. Or a, uh, that's not, not, not a, my love language. Be, be a, uh, house decoration. My love language is gifts of ammo. <laughs> oh, by the way, are you a nine, are you a nine mil girl? Are you a 45, 44? What are, what are you? I have several different calibers, but my typical go-to everyday carry is nine mil. Nine mil. Mm-hmm. That's it. Cool. Simple. It's easy, yeah. simple easy. round. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, let's, let's take a look at this uh, article here. It says, money can break a marriage. Even getting more of it can break a marriage. So if people think that money is going to solve a lot, even getting more of it. So gaining or losing money tests, shared values and beliefs, or assigned roles within relationships. So uh, many couples are finding that a financial windfall can rock the relationship just as much as any hardship. So let, let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about this real quick off, off camera there, uh, Jordan. So um, the reason why I bring this up is because a lot of money, 80% of all money, printed in the history of America has been printed in the last two, three years. That's why we have a massive amount of inflation. That's why you have a lot of fake success today. That's why I have a lot of fake companies today. That's why I have a lot of uh, fake gurus today being exposed due to rising interest rates and inflation being the way it is. But the prospect of losing money has a stronger emotional effect than gaining a similar amount. But big financial swings in either direction 
make a lot of money or lose a lot of money can shake couples much the same way. So as a woman, uh, how, how important is it for you to have a man in your life that has financial security, that you can depend on him, that he's a provider? How important is it for him versus you being the provider, you having the financial windfall? I'm curious. Well, when you talk about financial security, you have to make sure that you're running on the same set of definitions as the person that you're talking to. So my idea of financial security might be different than his and it might be different than yours. I'm not a a material possessions person. I don't care if you are, but that's not me. I mean, you probably, next year, you'll probably catch me living in a van down by the river, honey, (laughs) because I just want to go off the grid. I like to be out in nature. Like, that's my thing. I don't have purses. I don't have designer clothes. I don't really do a lot of that. So my idea of financial security, so when I was growing up, my grandfather was an entrepreneur and had a really successful window washing business. You don't think you can make a lot of money washing windows, but you can, okay? Sure. He taught me, but he had other stuff going on too. And the one thing that he taught me, and I remember having this conversation with him when I was 13, and he said, you want to make sure that you can live off one stream of income and everything else is... Like bonus. Bonus. And I always, like, I always carried that with me. So I always had a side hustle, man. If, if I had this job or I had this great job, I was always bartending somewhere. And I never touched that money. I actually put one of my brothers through college bartending. Wow. So it's, So for me, financial security means... No debt, okay, or at least no bad debt, right? Because right. I understand that sometimes to make money, you yeah. have to spend yeah, money, yeah, right? Sure. And yeah. I get that, right? Yeah. So uh, no, no bad debt, and then I don't want a bunch of frivolous spending on stuff that doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that you can't have nice cars. And it doesn't mean that you can't have you know, nice things, but I don't need to live in a house if it's just me and my husband or me and my person, I don't need to live in this like huge seven, eight, nine, ten thousand square foot house. Right. That just that's not for me. So from a financial security standpoint, I just want I, I'm looking for somebody who makes wise financial decisions. It doesn't necessarily matter how much money you have, if that makes sense. Any thoughts on that? That's great. <laughs> no, that, that that that's great because I mean one of the things that I've noticed amongst a lot of. Uh, Couples, which is what's kind of pulled me away from the idea of, you know, committing to someone until I'm in a specific financial position. I think what is it is I think like two thirds of marriages start off with debt without their partner actually knowing, and it's about one third of people who are in a relationship, one or the other person end up hiding certain specific purchases so their partner doesn't get upset uh, in that specific cheating on them financially financially. And I think that's that's just to, due to the lack of core values when it comes down to money, not being on the same page, as you said, yeah. not being on the same page on you know what is you know financial literacy to you. Yeah. It, we, we get this all the time. Yeah. It is Financial Literacy Month, and, and people yeah. often ask, you know, you know, Gerald, like, uh, are you comfortable having joint accounts or are you comfortable having separate accounts? And I said, you have both. You have your yeah. joint account for our bills, our money, our future, our, our our children, our expenses, our lifestyle. But we have our own accounts. If you want to go out and buy some more ammo, <laughs> knock yourself out. Because I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stack it up. If I want to buy more cigars and, and whiskey and whatever the case may be, you know, uh, uh, Jordans, uh, I will, right? That, that's that's yeah. our thing. But we have our, we have our money. We're working together for the same, for the same mm-hmm. goal, which is sometimes a conversation that's not had previous to dating or getting no, married? Um, no, absolutely not. And you know, there's a book called like 99 questions you should ask before, before you get married yeah, or something. Yeah, it should yeah. be like 120 questions because there's no self-defense <laughs> questions in there. Oh, there's no gun good. questions in there. Like I read the book. Uh, okay. You, you need to create a but to it. nobody yep. wants to answer these personal finance questions. Yeah. And so I think that's where it ends up 
souring for me in yeah. the dating scene. Like, do you ever, okay, so you've been married, what, eight years, you said? Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever watch like people like us dating and feel like you caught the last chopper out of knob? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God my single no more. <laughs> Woo! It's hard now. I feel like you do. Yeah. And so yeah, for, sure. <laughs> for me, you know, if we make it to date like five or six, yeah. I'm, I want to start talking about your finances. Sure. Like, you don't have to tell me how much money you have in the bank, but like, I want to know, like, do you have debt? Yeah. Can we talk about that? By the way, for yeah. those of you watching this right now, when do you think it's appropriate time for you to start talking about money in a dating relationship? Because, Jared, I gather you're not the person to date just to date. You're, I'm you're not dating. trying to waste my time. I want to know as soon as possible the yeah. situation that we are both in, yeah. right? And then we make a decision from there because yeah. I'm not marrying your bad debt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. I don't want it. So, so process it before we take the next step together so we can start yeah, fresh. Yeah, I mean, that's why the, that's why the first... You know, engagement failed yeah. is because we didn't ask these questions and then we bought a house together before we got married. Mm. And then I saw, because yeah. they go like, they, they're yeah. literally like combing through yeah. your whole life yeah. before they give you a mortgage. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I'm not okay with this. We need to figure out a plan to get you out of this debt. Yeah. Right. And he didn't want to do it. He wanted to buy a new truck. You're not buying a new truck. Well, now I'm the it. hag wife dumpster banshee <laughs> that won't let him buy a new truck. <laughs> To all of his buddies, when really I'm just trying to make wise financial decisions sure. here. Do you see? Did you have that conversation about cleaning your gun? <laughs> he knew. He knew what he, he was getting into. Uh, Jordan, let's play a clip of why this guy chooses to be single. Oh, this is a funny one. Of lack of capital to start a relationship, high cost of living, and heavy competition from my fellow boy childs. Poor infrastructure, pests and diseases, eating of fear by the other gender, attack from the neighboring boy childs, lack of beards, shortage of lines, lessons from the other relationships, sponsors and sugar daddies, high cost of maintenance, and unavailability to draw lines. Yes. Okay, so, so, so every bit of that response and viewpoint was about external versus him improving as a man mm. versus improving as a provider but him improving as a as a resourceful person it was everybody's fault why i'm not getting married lack of capital i was lack hoping of you were going to say it okay <laughs> that, that was just my that's what i was going to say yeah. right <laughs> made sense i mean but but milton that's that's a conversation that sadly a lot of men a lot of guys have a lot of guys are having it like they're giving up before you like he said competition between other men sugar daddies and sponsors there's no, there's no security in, in themselves, man. There's no security in what they bring to the table. There's no, they have no foundation. And again, if, if you don't have a foundation or a set of values and principles that you fall back on, you have nothing to fall back on. Yeah. And if you don't have that and you, you have no sense of what direction you're heading towards in life, it's going to be extremely hard for you to be able to lead someone or have the sense of leading someone. So why right. even bother getting yep. into that realm? Yeah. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, what about, would that also parlay with why women are single? Uh, or is it you know, is it different circumstances? If you, if you started asking people why they were single, honestly, everybody would have to break that down to the half decade. Because if you're if you're if you if you're trying to tell somebody that you were never the problem, there were years in your life where you were the problem. <laughs> and if you're not willing to admit that, you have you are, are the, still problem. the problem. Yes, right. Okay. Self awareness. Yeah. So I think that I think that one thing that people constantly throw out there that I think is just a pipe dream is this idea of unconditional love. Okay, I think the only unconditional love that exists is between the father and us and between fathers and mothers and their kids. Mm. I think that's the only unconditional love that exists, because if you want to date me and if you want to be with me and you want to marry me, my love comes with conditions. 
you're going to continue to improve. You're yep. going to now. It doesn't mean that you can't trip and fall. Yep. It doesn't mean that mistakes aren't going to be made. It doesn't mean that forgiveness won't be there. But it means that you're going to continue to go up. Yeah. And not down. Yeah. Okay. And and that and that is something that a lot of people don't want to hear. They say, well, why can't you just love me unconditionally? Because you're a turd. <laughs> That's why. Because you're do because you're boring. Yeah. Because you're not doing anything to improve yourself. Yep. Because you sleep in every day. Because you eat like crap. Yeah. Right? Like, is it is it not? Do I not get to demand that my partner go to the gym if I'm expected to go to the sure. gym and look good? Yeah. Right? So why should I have to go date some fat guy that eats Doritos on his couch all day and plays Call of Duty? It's I right. shouldn't have to. But do you know how often I get shamed into that? Well, you, I'm a good guy and you wouldn't give me a chance. Listen, nah. good guys yeah. should be by default. That's nice right. guys, that should be the default. Yeah. Now Gentlemen, what makes respect, you interesting? Etiquette. Yeah. Now I want to know what makes you interesting. Fellas, she's dropping gems for y'all to pick up. What's going to separate you? From everybody else. Because you either step up or you step down. You, it's you not hard. Do nothing it's about not it. hard to identify when you're getting played. It's not hard to identify when somebody is lying to you and presenting themselves as something that they're not. Yeah. It's not difficult. If you dig a little bit, if you become yeah. a whole ass detective, you'll figure it out. <laughs> It's not hard, and then you just say, "No, this is not for me." Bye. What's a what's what's a what's a, if you can get not not to share your whole playbook with us, but what's a what's a immediate red? Let's say a couple red flags for you in the dating process. See if somebody's full of, full of crap or not. I think that when you start, one of the questions that I always ask someone on mm -hmm. a first or second date is, "Tell me about your best friend." Good I want to know who you surround yourself Good with. Good one. Tell me, I want to know the ins and outs of your best friend. How long have you known them? Yeah. What do you like to do together? Yeah. What do you talk about? Like, I want to know how you interact with the person who you consider to be your absolute best friend on earth. Great question. And if they say, oh, well, I don't, I don't know if I have a best friend. That's a red flag for me. You better have one. How come? Because that's who, who doesn't walk through life and connect with someone on such a cosmic level that you want to go on trips with them and you want to share your life with them and you want this person to be in your wedding and you want yeah. this person wow. to be around your kids. Who, if you can't connect that way with somebody, you're not going to connect with me. Wow. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But my, my question to Shino is who do you call when we get into an argument? That's a good one. Because yeah. I want to know if you're calling the next boyfriend. Yeah. A member of the opposite sex, another uh, male shoulder that you're crying on, and you're talking about him. What is he doing? He's, the, the, he's just waiting in the wings, like, oh, I keep crying on my shoulder, baby, because <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and and she thinks, you know, oh, he just cares about me. No, he's no, trying to sure. he's trying to get him. I just I think too many people opening. I think too many people wallow in in pity of singleness, and I think singleness is a gift. I think it's a time to to do things and, and start moving and, you know, making goals and setting an example. And Adult, then I think right. that people will just, you know, I've, I've come to the conclusion, I'm not going to meet my person on a dating app. Preach. I'm not going to do it. It's just, it's not something it's from what I'm looking for something so specific yeah. that it's yeah. just, I don't think it's ever going to happen there. I'm not going to read somebody's profile and go, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> and, there, because, and most people can't even, Use proper punctuation nowadays, yeah. like that's, and that's a turnoff for me too. I'm like, no, I'm just not going to do and it. And they're presenting their best face, their best self, their best edited photo, the best interests. And in, right, you want to know who they are in the worst moments. For me, yeah, I want to know who they are in the worst moments. Like, for example, business partnerships. I want to know how you act with money or, or act with our brand when things aren't going right for us as, as an organization. And and you know, that's your character. That's, that's when your character is exposed. Um, let's move on to this topic here. Um, 
Um, commercial real estate, and then we'll transition over to some. Well, actually, we don't have enough time for it. Let's let's go into some health and fitness topics here. Let's do it. Um, you you want to talk to here about uh, a couple things? Which which one did you want to bring up first? Let's go with the uh, Jordan. Let's go with the uh, America's abysmal life expectancy record uh, laid bare. That one in uh, one in twenty five. Yeah, one in uh, twenty-five year five-year-olds today will not make it to their fortieth birthday. Is, is there? Is there? So a, life expectancy yes. is actually getting shorter as time. Yeah, as, as, we, uh, as uh, we progress. Actually, you know what? Let's uh, let's let's show my screen here, Jordan. There it is. Uh, let's take a look uh, right here. So, what four percent of five-year-old Americans will die before forty years old? Deaths caused by what? Drugs. Drugs in. Okay, let's unpack so that. So I'm kicking Guns. ass over here. I'm yeah. 41, right? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> our feeling mortality around, but so deaths caused by guns and drugs are feeling mortality among young people. So the drug part we get. Yeah, but we need to, we need to understand why too. I mean, for, for anyone who's consuming any type of substance, I think it's more of a, an escape of reality for a lot of these. Yeah, you're chasing a, a different world. Com- you want to be somewhere different. Completely, yeah. rea- you know, escaping reality, numbing the pain. You know, and you just lack processing, being able to have that internal voice of, all right, what's next? Okay, you know, how can I get out of the situation? You're just stagnant. You sit where you're at, and you have nothing that's driving you or inspiring to do better for yourself. Your network also plays a massive role in that. If you're just surrounded by dudes sitting around, as you said, playing Call of Duty all day, just being online, utilizing social media to validate who you are as a human being, and, you know, you have emotionally absent parents or whatever whatever the hell is going on in your household, and that's where you get your stance on. You know, and you're going through some form of emotion or mental trauma, and drugs is one of the things that helps you escape your reality because you're not content with what you have going on. Of course, that's going to be one of the things you keep running to because you have no other things going on in your life. Right. But then being able to, you know, um, uh, being able to, you know, add into your life when it, you know, being able to add fitness, being able to add any type of physical movements, picking up hobbies, you know, uh, going to the range, working out, going hiking, finding different groups is what's going to allow you to be able to get out of that threshold that you're currently in. Because drugs is one of those things that could easily be avoided. But unfortunately, a lot of people have so much access to it. And again, a lot of people, a lot of people nowadays, man, they, they don't like their current realities. They don't like how things are, are moving. And a lot of that, a lot of that started happening, Matt, during COVID. We yep. were stuck inside. We yep. were stuck with your, with, with yourself, with your family. And Get people. out and start making new oh. friends, man. Yeah. Um, let's let's look, look at this clip of because this granny's kicking your ass. So a, a 65-year-old granny known as uh, Granny Guns on Mm-mm. TikTok is fighting back against online trolls who claim that women are weak. Let's take a look at this clip. Oh my goodness. Look at that, man. Look at them veins, man. My God. So she's showing the strength of women. Led by led by her. You see them veins, man? That's what's inspiring yeah. she, she, shit right there, man. Well, isn't it isn't it true that women keep most of their bodily strength in the lower half of their body and then yeah. men be it's actually, usually that'd the, be a godly design wouldn't it yeah the lower I, half of their body i and don't then, understand and then men typically are stronger you know up top right For sure. that's why you can't that's why you can't sneeze on leg day <laughs> that's why i believe that men can get pregnant <laughs> <laughs> that's one of them <laughs> um, yeah i mean women have there's there's always been you know very athletic women i just think that we need to like we just have to come back into the reality of our places within that yeah you know and i think uh i think women's sports are awesome i think there are wonderful women athletes but i think that women typically they fall off 
after a certain age, uh, you know, and they think I can't, you know, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And I think that 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 is a a huge life expectancy situation is when you take that physical fitness into your sort of sunset years. um, And I think it makes, you know, lessens pain, um, you know, especially joint pain. I mean, a lot of elderly people, you know, uh, complain of joint pain. A lot of my older gun students complain of, you know, arthritis in the hands. Um, and I think that a lot of that could be avoided if we just if we just didn't stop this act of physical fitness. And then, you know, being educated on different supplements, which is something I'm sure that you could do because, you know, our body needs different things once we get past 40. Sure. Which is what I'm learning. Oh, yeah. One thousand percent. You know, you know, but we're, we're gonna keep your body young, man. I mean, that's yeah. something you experience. Like, yeah. you're don't want to work out though. They want to. They want to stay inside yeah. and they want to play Call of Duty. And I want to go live Call of Duty for real. There you go. I'm out there doing it, man. I love it. So let's take a look at uh, uh, instead of ladies' gains, let's talk about losses in the men's category. Kid Rock, country star, boycotts Bud Light over partnership with trans influencer Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney. Well, we all saw this, right? We we all saw this, and 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 and. and I'm on Twitter, I've got a tweet of the VP of marketing that talked about, you know, we really needed to save this company's stock because they were following it. We just need to reach to an audience that was going to boost this stock. You know, don't forget about the 18, 19-year-old college frat boys that drink Budweiser and 80% of the market share of beer drinkers are men. Yeah. So they want to reach out to the trans community. So um, anyway, make a long story short, Kid Rock decides to say, you know what, um, uh, let's, let's take a look at the, um, the screen here. Do we, do we, have, that, uh, we have that clip of uh, Kid Rock? Let's play that clip. What's Kid Rock doing here to Budweiser? <laughs> Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. <laughs> Let me uh, say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. Speaking of guns. <laughs> <laughs> That's all awesome. <laughs> was that? Was he got an MP5? <laughs> That's what it looked like, but I couldn't see the. Fuck Anheuser Busch. Oh Lord. <laughs> Have a terrific day. By the way, uh, let, let's let's. I think it's, he's just not the only one feeling that way. Let's look at Budweiser stock. Uh, let's let's take a look at my screen. Let's look let's look at Budweiser stock. Look at that drop in price. Bam. Oh man. Bam. I think I think uh, uh, they lost four billion dollars of market cap. You know, I'm trying to figure out. This. Somebody yeah. got fired. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why we continue to pander to these minority groups. I mean, it's, it's not that... In the spirit of inclusion. Yeah, I mean, who... Look, we don't ha- I don't have a problem with the trans community. I don't either. I, I don't, don't either. I don't care. I have zero problem with LGBTQ. I have, like, I, I, there's, I, I have two people that are in the trans community that I go shoot with. Like, it's not, you know, and most of them are very logical humans, okay? I get that they're, you know, in the wrong body, this, you know, this is something that I'm never going to understand, okay? Yep. But I don't understand why these large companies continue to pander to these minority groups like it's going to make a financial difference. It it's did not. make a financial difference, just in the wrong way. <laughs> just, in the right, just, just in the wrong way they were expected. But uh, anyway, there's, there's a lot and of... You're taking the you're taking literally the frat party of beers... And you decided that this would be the best course of action. Like, who are who is on your marketing they, team that thought this was a good idea? Just like Disney, they forgot who their customer was. Yeah. They forgot. I mean, right now, I, I don't want to take my kids to watch anything Disney for fear of having a scene that I've got to go home and explain now. That that is that is a point that I think that we need to hit on is I that's the problem that I have with with these minority groups is why do you want an audience of children. Because why do you want it? 
Because they can't create their own. That's why they come after ours. Right. And that's what I have a problem with is we, we forget how important it is to properly steward the minds of children. And even, you know, even we're not even perfect at it. Even the good ones aren't even perfect at it. Even the straight ones. (laughs) Even the straight arrows are perfect at it. But that's, that's my issue is I don't care about your drag shows. I don't care about it. I want to know why you want to do that in front of kids. kids. That's right. You do you in your community. No problem. But and and I took a stance too, um, especially after the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. I had an influx of LGBT, yeah. uh, Q people that wanted to come to me for gun training, and I had zero issue with that. I got a lot of flack for teaching them too. I got a lot of flack from people that said you shouldn't train them, you shouldn't train them. Nah, Why yeah, not? Two yeah. A is for everybody. Yep. I wouldn't want to be a gay a gay person mm. and worried about somebody hurting me for who I sleep next sure, to. Sure. I should be. I have the yeah. right to self defense too. And I always thought that that was really important, but. You know, at some point, there has to be a, a boundary and go, look, you know, you're welcome to live your life as you see fit, but you're not allowed to steward the minds of my kids. Before we let you go, and we're running on short on time, I appreciate you coming by, Jira, yeah. and uh, dropping off yeah. your, gifts, uh, your, your gifts here. Uh, um, we want to do an, an event in your, can you tell us real quick, uh, 30, 60 seconds about your location, the new uh, place oh, that you built? Oh, yes. So uh, we just opened a new restaurant in Arlington, Texas called Hearsay Arlington. Uh, it's on the south side of Choctaw Stadium. So that's where the XFL plays. And we're right across the street from Globe Life Field where the Texas Rangers play. So we have an incredible, super prohibition chic, Gatsby sexy, uh, 13,000 square foot restaurant. So upscale Southern soul food, a um, oh. little bit of Cajun fusion. So best shrimp and grits you've ever had. I'm hungry right now. I would, put my, I would put my paycheck on it. Uh, and then we have a, a really awesome humidor that I got to help Come curate. on, baby, let's go. Come yes, on. Yes, I love, love, love cigars. Um, and a really wonderful bar and this really incredible cigar patio, dual level cigar patio um, that allowed, it look overlooks the XFL field. So you could literally watch the football game nice. and smoke cigars on the patio it's Come just ridiculous on. Come on. it's ridiculous it? um, so yeah we want to have an event with you um, yeah. the website is hearsayarlington.com that's H-E-A-R-S-A-Y arlington.com check out the menu um, we're, we're expanding the spirit selection too because you know your girl is a bourbon and scotch gal Let's all go. day long um, so we're uh, we just opened in February and it's just and live music six, six nights a week live music um, wow. so one side is a dining room one side is a speakeasy with a, a lounge and live music and it's just it's an incredible ambiance it's a, it's a whole vibe yeah. in and of itself so get there well listen we, we got to do something a little maybe informal uh, uh, before we can actually do the event so if you guys are interested if just dropping by with uh, Milton and I. We're going to go visit uh, Jerry at her spot. Um, they are right next to, it's right next to Choctaw. Oh, it's in Choctaw. It's in Choctaw Stadium. In Choctaw, Choctaw Stadium. Stadium. Let's go visit it. Maybe yeah. we uh, burn a couple of cigars, but uh, sh- uh, shoot us a DM, uh, send in a message. Uh, Jera, we got your Instagram handles here. Make sure you follow Jera on Instagram in the link description below. Uh, Jera, I appreciate your time, attention, what a cool your invitation. Energy. It was my Very pleasure. Good. Awesome. That being said, if you're watching this episode, make sure you follow my man Milton Alvarez, Alvarez here, my trainer, my... Intense massage therapist. I was screaming yesterday. Good time, he was man. getting involved. Boy, he's getting his elbow up in there. But to make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel here, Millionaire Goals Podcast. Drop your thoughts. Drop your comments. I appreciate those of you that's been on live uh, sharing your thoughts too as well and your interaction with us. Make sure you like this and subscribe. That being said, from Dallas, Texas, I'm your mighty smart guy from the Millionaire Goals Podcast. Till we meet again. Continue to live smart. Continue to love smart. Be mighty smart today. See you next Wednesday. Bye-bye.